0: Josh Haston here, Israel Uncensored, on the Land of Israel Network, at thelandofisrael.com. It is Wednesday, February the 21st, 2024, the 12th of Adar, 5784, broadcasting today from Gush Etzion, in the hills of Judea, south of Jerusalem, the eternal capital of the state of Israel and the Jewish people. I am actually, once again, outdoors. It is a beautiful day. Still winter here. Still pretty, pretty chilly. Nice and crisp. It's been raining the last few days, which is a good thing. And now the sun has come back out. And just another beautiful day in the Jewish state of Israel. You may hear some passing traffic. Hope that isn't too disruptive. But you can see action here in in Etzion and Gushitsion. Tractors going by. People building and farming and just living here in the land of Israel, despite the difficulties we are facing with war in Aza against the evil, which is Hamas, and perhaps war in the north, a full, a full out war in the north, I should say, uh, very, very soon. Let's get to it. Some of the headlines here reported by JNS News. The United States again used its veto power at the UN Security Council to thwart a call for the imposition of a ceasefire on Israel. Washington stood alone on Tuesday in voting down an Algeria drafted resolution that demanded an immediate humanitarian halt to hostilities in Israel's war against Hamas terrorists in Gaza. Melinda Thomas-Greenfield, the U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations, told the 15-member council that the Biden administration is engaged in ongoing negotiations to bring about a six-week pause in the fighting. If adopted the resolution on Tuesday would have negatively impacted those negotiations. She, she said she added demanding an immediate unconditional ceasefire without an agreement require, requiring Hamas to release the hostages will not bring about a durable peace. So in terms of the Security Council resolution, the United States vetoing it, the vote was 13 to one uh, with the UK abstaining from the vote. Nine Nine votes, rather, were needed, but the US is one of the five permanent members who can veto any Security Council resolution. So, firstly, shame on the UK for just abstaining and not voting against. That's neither here nor there. And bigger shame, by the way, on France for voting for the resolution... Because this is an election season, the U.S. and the Biden administration is weighing its moves very closely. On one hand, they keep talking about the establishment of a so-called Palestinian state, which appeases their left wing or progressive voters and Muslim voters as well. On the other hand, they block a resolution so it doesn't appear as they are so anti-Israel. So, again, the U.S. in the middle of a balancing act. I'm grateful for the veto, of course. But then you had this story reported several days ago. In a recent meeting with Muslim voters in Michigan, an administration aide arrived with full apologies and said that the White House knows it made mistakes in its approach. We are very well aware we have misstepped in the course of responding to this crisis. This is uh, Deputy National Security Advisor John Feiner, according to CBS News. In other words, the administration is saying to potential voters, we're sorry we appear to be too pro-Israel. That's what we're apologizing for. So again, they are all over the place. And honestly, I don't trust them right now. I'd like to. I'd like to, but I don't. Grateful for the arms. Grateful for this veto. But rewarding Hamas for the October 7th massacre with a state, PA Hamas, all really one and the same when it comes to their their wanting to destroy the state of Israel. Rewarding them with a state is not the way to go. J.N.S. also reported that Prime Minister Netanyahu yesterday said he would not cave to international pressure. He vowed this, demanding a ceasefire. Um, Rather, he would not cave to international pressure, which is demanding a ceasefire in the war against Hamas. Netanyahu said there's considerable pressure on Israel at home and abroad to stop the war before we achieve all our goals, including a deal at any price to free the hostages. He made these comments during a visit to the Zikim base along the border with Gaza. We very much want to achieve another release, a release of hostages, that is. We're prepared to go far, but we're not prepared to pay any price. Certainly not the, the not the delusional prices that Hamas is demanding of us. Hamas, of course, is saying, basically, an end to the war, Uh, leave Hamas intact, and then we will return the hostages. Netanyahu Netanyahu reiterated his commitment to continue prosecuting the war until Israel achieves its goals, three goals, eliminating Hamas, releasing all the hostages, and ensuring that Gaza never again constitutes a threat to Israel. So not much has changed, which is good. I should, I should say nothing has changed yet, and I say yet because I'm nervous, but so far the Prime Minister is sticking to his guns and not calling off the war for a bad deal, which would leave Hamas in power. Of course we want our hostages back, and that's why I say Hamas release the hostages. That should be the mantra of this, and the way to make that happen is to bomb them into submission where they realize they have had enough, and I hope and pray we'll, we will get there. Hamas will say we have had enough pressure from other Gazans who are also not our friends and the vast majority not civilians. I saw the video uh, the other day of the Bibas family who were alive when they went into captivity into Gaza, separated, uh, the father separated from the mother and the two young children, including a baby, a four-year-old and a baby, and... They were essentially paraded in the streets of Khan Yunis, and of course, nobody did anything. Nobody stopped it. Nobody made a phone call. Nobody did anything for the Bebas family. So, civilians in Gaza, uh, not many, if at all. But again, I hope and I pray we get to a point where Hamas submits, and that does involve. It does, yes, it does involve a military operation in Rafiah and Rafa the last stronghold of Hamas, regardless of the international community, what the international community says, or the UN, or Biden, or anyone else. We have to win this war, and failure is not an option. Switching gears here, JNS reported that Israeli flagship carrier Elal announced on Tuesday the gifting of free airline tickets to Europe to IDF soldiers who have served in the ongoing war against Hamas They said, as a company that enlisted in the national effort at the very beginning of the war, we feel it is our obligation to give back to those who contributed to the country in defense during this period. This was a statement by Elal. Soldiers are eligible for the free ticket if they had uh, more than 30 days of active service since October 7th, since the massacre, and our members or will join the Matmid Frequent Flyer Club. Also, by the way, if you saw this or not, um, a very powerful ad, an El Al ad that came out uh, just uh, a day or two ago, where you had Israelis trekking somewhere, who knows, perhaps in the Far East, and all of a sudden their phones go crazy, notifying them that uh, Israel's at war, and these Israelis uh, essentially are stranded wherever they are in this far out country, there are no flights to Israel. None of the other airlines are flying, and all of a sudden they see an El Al plane, and El Al takes them back home to Israel, where they change into their IDF uniforms and carry out their military service before, uh, once again, getting on El Al and flying and resuming their trek. Um, and that happened a lot. You know, post-army post army uh, soldiers who are, at this point, who were at that point civilians uh, from all over the world finding ways to get back home to Israel to proudly serve and defend our country from the evil which is which is Hamas, so a very powerful ad by Elal also in the airline industry, uh, the director general of Israel's tourism ministry on Tuesday called on u s companies to restore flights to the Jewish state despite the ongoing war against Hamas, in case you're not aware Elal Akira Airlines and a few others, I think Ethiopian Air, um, the airlines uh, to the UAE, UAE and few others are flying, but the majority of them, the airlines from the U.S., Delta, American, United are still not flying. According to a report, American Airlines will only resume flights uh, in October, a year after the beginning of the war. Delta is supposed to start sooner on April the 30th. And United Airlines flights to Israel reportedly remain suspended until, quote, conditions allow them to resume. Um, So that's the airlines and, of course, uh, many sectors very hard hit in Israel as a result of the war, including tourism. Ask any tour guide how it's been, okay? I know some guides uh, are leaving the profession entirely. First, there was corona, COVID, and just And just when things were getting back to uh, quote-unquote normal, the tourists once again stopped coming. One of the reasons is there there are no flights, or very few flights, but tourists, uh, if you walk in the streets of Jerusalem, Tel Aviv, or whatnot, yes, we have missions to Israel right now, um, but it does not compare to the situation in terms of tourism just a year ago the missions here in israel everyone uh, by the way wants to go to the south and we can actually debate that the last thing we want to see is the south turning into some kind of an amusement park or disneyland or whatnot but on the other hand there are those out there coming on missions who want to who want to connect and want to show their support but i think there has to be some kind of balance there again i've been to the south in a professional capacity as a journalist and on one hand to see people visiting and supporting and crying with those who lost family members. I understand people want to give of themselves. On the other hand, just there's just something about bus after bus pulling into the Re'im Forest, for example. Uh, the site of the Nova Festival and massacre. It just doesn't sit well with me. Uh, I'd like to know your thoughts on this. Let me know by email, josh, at thelandofisrael.com. Again, it's it's a difficult call here, folks. It's really difficult. I'd love to know your thoughts on it. We want to respect those who were murdered and their families and their privacy also. Uh, People don't want necessarily tourists from abroad uh, traipsing through their communities in the south. But again, uh, there's also the issue of, again, all all well-intentioned, the issue of wanting to show support. I'd like to know your thoughts on that. Times of Israel reported today that three Arab gunmen were killed, three Arab terrorists were killed, and 14 others, other suspected terrorists detained by Israeli troops during a counter-terrorism raid in the northern Shomron city of Jenin overnight, IDF forces said in a statement. The raid was carried out by various units of the IDF, along with border police officers. In addition to the killing of the gunmen and nabbing of the suspects, the IDF said troops also seized, seized weapons and located explosive devices planted under roads in Janine. Uh, there was also an airstrike carried out against a group of Arab gunmen who were shooting at the troops, according to the IDF. And what we have to remember here is that the war is not just in Gaza. And it's not just in the north, it's everywhere. It's in Jenin, it's in Jerusalem, throughout the country. Unfortunately, a terrorist murdered two Israelis, an Arab terrorist murdered two Israelis in a shooting attack at a bus stop at the Re'em Junction on Friday. That's in the Shvela, that's about 40 minutes south of where I am here in Gush Etzion. In non-war times, this would have been top story, a terrorist attack, two Israelis murdered. But now during war, it almost barely made the news. But we can't, in my opinion, we can't just let events like this go. Two Israelis were murdered, four others were wounded, and thank God for an armed civilian, an Israeli civilian, more carnage was prevented. The Arab terrorist on Friday who carried out this attack was from Jerusalem, meaning he has access to drive around the entire country and pick the target of his choosing, this jihadist. Again, thankfully he was shot dead by an armed civilian, but with everything going on, my point is let's not forget about the daily war on other fronts, whether it's at the Ram Junction, whether it's the rock throwing and firebomb attacks throughout Judea and Samaria, I saw just the other day a horrible a horrible firebomb attack also in the northern Shamron. The car which was hit by this firebomb was completely destroyed. And thank God from what I know there were no injuries or very minor injuries in this attack. But again, this is a daily, daily situation we're dealing with here in Israel. Obviously, we've been dealing with this for many, many years. But right now, my point is, as the war is going on and there are different fronts, let's not forget about the fronts throughout the country. Um, The Jerusalem Post published a very, very difficult report uh, this morning based on uh, analysis of numerous testimonies from the October 7th massacre specifically relating to Hamas's sexual violence which revealed that families and friends were were forced by Hamas terrorists to watch their loved ones being raped, sexually assaulted and then murdered at gunpoint okay they were forced to be raped um forced rather to watch their loved ones be raped and then many of these women were murdered very very difficult and i'm not going to read the the whole report um this was presented by the association of rape crisis centers in israel which analyzes confidential and public testimonies eyewitness accounts and interviews with victims first responders and witnesses it was sent to decision makers in the u.n to leave no room for denial or disregard. And again, I'm not reading the full details. Very, very graphic of the report. Very tragic and very upsetting. What Hamas, the brutality of Hamas, what they did to our women on October the 7th. Very difficult reading, but just more and more proof of what Hamas did and how many, how many in the world are silent. I mean, what is the UN going to do with this? I mean, they stayed silent. The UN Women's Committee, I think it was, stayed silent for 50 plus days and then issued a very meek, response to what Hamas did in terms of the sexual violence carried out against Israeli Jewish women. Um, The world, again, very silent or in denial, publicly denying what happened. You have Holocaust deniers for many, many years now, and now you have October 7th deniers. Just go spend some time, if you can stomach it, on Twitter or X or whatever it's called, and you'll see how the Jew-hating trash out there denies what Hamas did, even though Hamas filmed with GoPros exactly what they did. May God avenge all of the Jews harmed in any way by Hamas. May God avenge their blood. May God avenge those who were raped. May God avenge everyone affected by the brutality of the evil, which is Hamas. More proof that UNRWA is Hamas, hashtag UNRWA is Hamas. If you're going to go on Twitter, go use that hashtag, UNRWA is Hamas. Uh, The Jewish press reported today that terrorist weapons have again been discovered in in a school run by UNRWA, the United Nations Relief and Works Agency in Gaza, where children were learning in their classrooms. IDF announced last night, Tuesday night, the paratrooper brigade combat team found large quantities of weapons inside a building. Adjacent to a U.N. school during operations last week in Khan Yunus, the school had been used as a humanitarian shelter for Gaza's civilian residents. But what the soldiers found in the U.N. school that doubled as a shelter was anything but civilian in nature. The weapons found by the IDF, IDF included AK-47s, warheads, grenades, RPGs, and ammunition. The terrorists used a gap in the school wall as a passage to the adjacent building. In which they took their weapons to use in attacks on IDF soldiers according to the IDF. All I really have to say again here is that we are seeing time and time again more and more proof that hashtag UNRWA is Hamas, and we'll leave it at that. Just use that hashtag, folks. You'll figure it out. Um, what else is going on here? Uh, also in, uh, in Gaza, an Iranian-made weapon... Produced by Iran, the Islamic Republic was identified in Gaza this past weekend, according to a video released by the IDF spokesman, posted on the IDF's Farsi account. IDF has a Farsi account on X. The weapon found was inscribed with Persian writing, indicating its origin being from Iran. The finding of the weapon is significant as it can be used to provide evidence of Iran's involvement in the October 7th massacre in Israel. So, again, more evidence of Iran's role in the October October 7th massacre, yet the world community is focused, of course, on Israel's just response. That is the crazy world we are living in now, folks. Um, our weekly uh, anti-Semitism report, this also by JNS, amid a surge in Jew hatred in the U.K., specifically at universities. The British government has announced plans to appoint a, quote, an expert advisor on anti-Semitism and higher education. The U.K. higher education minister told The Telegraph about his deep concern over threats facing Jewish students. His name is Robert Halfon. He said, I'm deeply worried that some universities are not safe for Jewish students, he said, putting it mildly. Uh, the Community Security Trust organization reported a significant increase in anti-Semitic incidents since Hamas's October 7th attack, raising concerns about the about the uh, safety of Jewish students. So, the question is: Will an expert advisor stop anti-Semitism in the UK? I doubt it. I doubt it. I don't understand really what an what an expert on anti-Semitism is. Again, if you have seen images from the UK recently. And the anti-Israel demonstrations in various towns, it looks more like, uh, I don't know, Baghdad or Beirut at times. Anti-Semitism is rampant around the world. And I don't think some kind of so-called expert is going to stop that. Maybe instead teach the Jews there how to defend themselves, teach these college kids how to defend themselves, how to fight back. Or, of course, there's the option of coming home to Israel where defending ourselves is the name of the game each and every day. So, come home to Israel. Um, That is certainly a a valid option. Anyway, uh, I think that's going to do it for today. My name is Josh Haston. This has been another edition of Israel Uncensored on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com for Wednesday, February the 21st, 2024, the 12th of Adar Aleph the first adar i don't know i don't know if i mentioned that before 5784 let us continue to pray for the welfare of our soldiers and all the civilians here in the state of israel those who were injured let's pray for their complete and full recovery let's also pray for the hostages and call on hamas <clears throat> excuse me to release the hostages hamas should release the hostages and how is that done? That is done through Israel pressuring Hamas to release the hostages. That, in my opinion, is the way forward. They should all be released immediately today, be brought home to their families. And we must continue to pressure Hamas to release them. They don't subscribe and don't recognize weakness or begging or pleading. We must demand demand that Hamas release the hostages that's the way it has to be done get in touch with me during the week josh at com on facebook on instagram on twitter on linkedin that's how you can reach me shout out to Ben Bresky engineer extraordinaire Tabitha Epstein for everything she does behind the scenes here at the land of Israel network get in touch with me again during the week josh at com. wishing everyone out there in the wonderful world of ours a wonderful beautiful week a safe week a peaceful week And all the best from Gush from the hills of Judea, the heartland of the state of Israel and the Jewish people, just south of Jerusalem, our eternal capital. Have a great week, everybody.